Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Been All Around This World, the podcast devoted to the seven-decade recording career of folklorist and documentarian Alan Lomax. My name is Nathan Salzberg. I'm the curator of the Lomax Digital Archive of the Association for Cultural Equity and your host. This is our third episode exploring John A. and Ruby T. Lomax's 1939 Texas Collection. And in this round, we're focusing on instrumentalists, of whom there are some absolutely stellar examples in the 1939 Texas material. If for some strange reason you're coming to this episode having missed the first and second in our series, I invite you to start at the top for some background on this particular field recording trip, as well as our intentions behind what might seem to be an arbitrary focus on it. Please check the show notes for a link to the entire searchable collection and streaming audio. And everything you hear in the show today is also linked in the show notes directly to its item level record on the LTA. Assuming that you've heard the earlier episodes, you'll have heard most of the artists featured in this round, although not all. And this is an opportunity to spread out a little bit and luxuriate in some of the really terrific tunes that these guys contributed to the Lomaxes. And I'm sorry to report they are all, in fact, guys. John A. and Ruby T. recorded not a single instrument played by a woman in Texas in 1939. We'll begin with a far-flung tune heard all over the U.S., Eastern Canada, and the British Isles, performed here by schoolteacher and cowboy-adjacent folklorist Frank Goodwin on fiddle, with a guitarist named Manuel Salinas accompanying him. We discussed Frank Goodwin in our first Texas episode. This recording was made the day after his solo session that we focused on in the town of Sarita, Texas. I'm quoting from Ruby T. Lomax's Field Notes, in which she writes that, The next day, being Saturday, Goodwin took us to Sarita on the edge of the great Kennedy Ranch. We were searching especially for a certain Mexican feud ballad, which a blind storekeeper in Sarita knew. Mr. Goodwin had formerly taught school there and knew all the boys. Mr. Lopez, the proprietor, was not in, but other musicians were around, so we set up the machine on a store counter. This was the usual bare, dusty, poorly equipped general merchandise Mexican store. One glance around took in a few cotton dresses, bandanas, belts, dried oranges, boxes of salt, sheet iron stove, a dozen Irish potatoes, a few cans of milk, tobacco, an old phonograph, bottles of patent medicine with faded labels, a pair of Elkhorns, and a dusty violin. End quote. Here's Frank Goodwin and Manuel Salinas with the Chinese Breakdown. Thank you. 
85-year-old Lake Porter, retired sheriff, cowboy, and trail driver, fiddling the lost girl at his home in Falfurrias, Texas, April 29, 1939. Ruby T. Lomax wrote of him, quote, For a long time, he discontinued playing the fiddle and singing, but he has taken it up again recently. And now, according to his wife, he doesn't do anything else all day long. Porter had some really great tunes in his repertoire, his favorite of which was Black Jack Grove, which we included in the first episode of our Texas series. Here's another performance of his, this time of Drunken Hiccups, a tune that many good fiddlers have made very much their own, perhaps none more so than Elmo Newcomer, who we will hear after Porter.
make myself welcome wherever I go. Here I went, here I went, give my cry of a token dry whiskey, I duly will die. Whiskey, a villain, you spend my downfall. You kick me and you cuff me, but I love you for all.
white Billy come a turn out of the wilderness, turn out of the wilderness, turn out of the wilderness. The old white Billy come a turn out of the wilderness, and many long years ago. tunes by the Pipe Creek Kid, Elmo Newcomer, recorded at his home in Pipe Creek, Texas. His whole approach seems to be distilled in his version of Drunken Hiccups, a tune he knew, as many others have known it, as Rye Whiskey. This one from 1939, of course, and also his later commercial release for the Cromart label, which we've linked to in the show notes. That was my first introduction to Elmo Newcomer. Super, super great record. Here are some of Newcomer's colleagues with whom he played dances around Bandera County with a particularly feral-sounding version of Eve Caught a Rabbit. This is Clinton Sathoff on fiddle and Otis Evans on guitar. Pipe Creek, Texas, May 4th, 
playing of Pop Warner, a tune called Inspiration. He's the last fiddler in our little superfecta of South Texas fiddling. Although, if someone more expert than me cares to argue that Pipe Creek is more central than Southern Texas, that's fine by me. Mr. Warner has the peculiar distinction of being the only incarcerated white person ever recorded by either Lomax. He was a prisoner at Walls Unit, simply known as The Walls in Huntsville, Texas, where he performed on the broadcast called 30 Minutes Behind the Walls that went out on station WBAP from the penitentiary every Wednesday night. This variety show, which featured music, dancing, storytelling, and skits, had been on a year by the time the Lomax showed up at The Walls, and it was hugely popular. At its height, some 5 million people tuned in, and the prison received upwards of 100,000 pieces of fan mail a year. According to a great piece on the show that you can find on the Marshall Project's website, linked in the show notes, executions were stayed during the broadcast as old Sparky, the state's electric chair, was just 50 yards from the auditorium from which the show was broadcast. On that Marshall Project page, there are some phenomenal photos of incarcerated performers shot between 1938 and the early 1940s. In one, there's a black dancer in mid-step, backed by two white fiddlers, one of whom just may be Pop Warner, who knows. A revelation to me on that page, however, was a photo of the next performer we're going to hear, a photograph drawn from the archives of the Texas Prison Museum. He was a crackerjack harmonica player identified by the Lomaxes by his nickname, Ace, although the photo caption gives his real name, A.B., Ace Johnson or A.B. Johnson. We knew that he was a 30 minutes behind the walls participant, but seeing him in a promotional photo for the program with his harp to his mouth in front of the WBAP microphone was legitimately exciting. I forwarded this to my friend and colleague, the redoubtable researcher and discographer Chris Smith up in the Shetland Islands, and within a couple of days, he came back with a cache of biographical details, not just about Ace Johnson, but also about Hattie Ellis, the popular 30 Minutes blues singer we featured in our first Texas episode, and a guitarist named L.W. Gooden, who cut just one song with Ace Johnson, which we'll hear in a minute. We've incorporated some of his findings into our Texas exhibit, again, linked in the show notes, where you'll also see that photo of A.B. or Ace Johnson. <laughs> Red beard, got a 
out of my habit, going to my garden, eat them cabbage. Get up in the hollow. Red boo. Get up in the hollow. A.B. or Ace Johnson and his harmonica, first as a rabbit in the garden, then as a fast express. Recorded in the dormitory at the Clemens State Farm of the Texas Department of Corrections on April 16, 1939. Researcher Chris Smith, who I mentioned earlier, also called my attention to a book called Doing Time in the Depression by Australian penal historian Ethan Blue. Blue has a long disquisition on the 30 Minutes Behind the Walls program in that book, And he suggests 
that Rabbit in the Garden, more than being just a simple showpiece, is in fact a knowing embodiment of Rabbit as trickster. The thief in the night digging in the garden and long gone before the farmer's dog can sick him. It's an astute reading and all the more effective when you consider the fact, as he writes, that black artists on 30 Minutes were there only to perform and none was allowed to speak. It's unclear how often Ace Johnson made the trip south to Huntsville to perform over the radio, but we do know that he sometimes traveled with Smith Casey, the staggeringly great guitarist and singer, who also made appearances on the program. Up next is the one instrumental piece performed by Casey for the Lomaxes. It's his East Texas Rag. I've never heard anything quite like it, and I assume it's in fact his own composition. In our survey episode, I promised to later provide a fuller biographical portrait of Smith Casey. The opportunity to do so would be now, but as the show is nearly over, I would prefer not to slow it down any further with an extended narrative segment about the man. So if I may, I invite you to check out the exhibit on the 1939 Texas collection that we put together for the Lemax Digital Archive, link in the show notes, as it includes a discussion of the life, which was mostly tragic, of Smith Casey. Among the most tragic elements being his murder of Lightning Hopkins' brother, Aby, and the fact that Casey only served seven years of a life sentence for that murder, owing to a mercy pardon from the state. He died not long after his release from tuberculosis. So we'll wrap up the episode with Smith Casey's East Texas Rag, followed by a performance by LaRue Winthrop Gooden, another man incarcerated at Clemens. He was there for forgery, and I'm grateful to Chris Smith, who turned up a string of newspaper clippings about Gooden's racket, which was posing as a church worker and passing off checks signed by an imaginary pastor. Chris traced his career from before Clemens, from which he was released in 1940, to Cleveland, Ohio, where Gooden was arraigned on similar forgery charges, but had the case dropped due to a lack of evidence. L.W. Gooden performed just one solo piece for the Lomaxes. This is a jaunty tune called The Clemens Rag radically at odds in spirit, and maybe that was the point with what one could imagine life was like at the place. This has been the third installment of our series on the 1939 Texas recordings made by John A. and Ruby T. Lomax. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll have a fourth round coming at you ASAP. For now, if you are not a subscriber, we invite you to become one. If you feel strongly about what we do on this program, we invite you to rate or review the program on iTunes, unless you feel strongly in the negative. My name is Nathan Salzberg. I'd like to thank my colleague, Michael Cormier O'Leary, who produces the show. Very grateful to him and grateful to you again for riding along with us. We will see you next time. Be well, take good care, and please cultivate your capacities for empathy and moral imagination, always and especially in these particularly dark days. All right, let it go. <laughs>